0: So one of the uh, TV series that Andrea and I have been watching a lot of lately is the the TV show Suits. Um, If you're not familiar with this show, uh, Andrea and I were late to the party, um, but it basically follows the stories of a handful of uh, characters at a high-powered law firm in New York. I was thinking of this show as I wrote the sermon, uh, because of one particular character, a lawyer named Lewis Litt. Lewis drives me crazy. He is a brilliant lawyer, but he is riddled with insecurity. He desperately wants to be accepted by the two main partners, especially. But he can never accept their affirmations when they tell him that he is. He just can't control his emotions and how he feels about things. And watching, I I find myself stressed out, wishing that he could just relax and realize how much he's cared for. I was thinking of Lewis as I wrote this because I see certain resemblances of him in myself in relationship to this morning's scripture, and I don't think that I am the only one who might. John is writing to a people who are unsure of where they stand in relationship to God. Most of the letter up to this point has been John um, describing various ways we can test ourselves in our lives to know where we stand with God. One example uh, was the idea that if we claim to be followers of Christ, but don't help those in need, we are likely trying to fool ourselves. But if our compassion moves us to help, especially in material ways, that is a sign of the spirit dwelling in our hearts. Specifically, Just before the part that I read this morning for our scripture this morning, John had written, If anyone has material possessions and sees their brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, has not moved to compassion for them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. That's a great test. But even if that's our general way of responding to people in need, none of us respond with compassionate acts of love every single time we confront need. Doubts arise for most all of us then. Do I do enough? Do I do it often enough? Like Lewis Litt, sometimes our hearts can doubt whether or not we are truly accepted, truly loved by God. Well, it's almost as if John realized that we might be raising these questions in our hearts because in our text for this morning, John writes words that speak directly to any insecurities. In essence, John tells us, our relationship with God doesn't depend on us or what we're feeling. The foundation is God Himself, and God wants us to rest assured that we are always loved. John's meaning gets a little muddled in the scripture we're looking at when he writes in verse 19. This, and I'll come back to that, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down, oh, excuse me, that's a different this. Verse 19, this then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. That opening this, this then is how we know, that can either go with, What happened before, which he says that act of giving to those in need, if we have, uh, and not responding just with our, our feelings, but with actions and in truth. That might be the this he's referring to, or it might be what comes afterwards. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth, and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. And then whatever comes after that. Um, I think that John is preparing us for what we read in the rest of verse 20. For God is greater than our hearts and knows everything. This is how we know. In fact, it's kind of confusing in the way that this is blocked out in most uh, English translations because one verse ends where the sentence continues on. So this then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. That's where the verse ends, but the sentence continues. Whenever our hearts condemn us, this is how we know that we can rest in God's presence. For God is greater than our hearts and knows everything. This is John assuring us of God's love. However, again, even that, God's greater than our hearts and knows everything, even that can be taken two different ways. When John writes that, that God is greater than our hearts and knows everything, there are some who interpret that to mean that God judges us even harsher than we judge ourselves, because God knows everything and knows everything even what we're not willing to admit, and so we'd better confess. But that completely contradicts John's desire for us to set our hearts at rest in God's presence. Why would he bring up this whole concept of judgment if the whole point is that he wants to set our hearts at rest in God's presence? So when John writes, God is greater than our hearts and knows everything, I believe that he is telling us that we have a greater and more accurate source for reassurance than our own hearts. The foundation for our peace in God's presence is God's heart and God's understanding. I think William Barclay, the uh, 19th century Scottish pastor, explains this well. He writes, Our hearts condemn us, That is inevitable. But God is greater than our hearts. God knows all things. Not only does God know our sins, God also knows our love, our longings, the nobility that we never fully work itself, the nobility that never fully works itself out, our penitence. And the greatness of God's knowledge gives them the sympathy which can understand and forgive. Men and women... Can judge us only by our actions, but God can judge us by the longings which never became deeds and the d- dreams which never came true. God judges us by the deep emotions of the heart, and if in our heart there is love, then however feeble and imperfect that love may be, we can with confidence enter into God's presence. We hear this expressed in part. In that Hebrew First Testament we read, David wanted to to build a temple for God. And God said no. David must have at times wondered, why? Why not? Is it because of me? Am I not good enough? But God's heart, God's understanding is greater. And we heard God say that He knew the heart of David and that it was in his heart to build this, but it was for his son to do and not for David. God's heart is greater. Even when our hearts condemn us, and even for good reason, knowing that our assurance of God's love is centered in God's heart and understanding understanding, allows us to rest in God's presence another commentator explains it this way. The sort of reassurance offered here by John finds its basis beyond the believer, in God, God's faithfulness and knowledge. Its primary ground or point of reference is an appeal to the gospel and the God of the gospel whose reassurance comes first of all through the announcement of the message that was from the beginning. And that is the message that God is light and that God is, gives, and commands love. The primary ground for our assurance of God's love is the heart of the message that we heard in our gospel. For God so loved the world, that they gave their only son, that whoever believes in him might not be condemned, but have eternal life, might be saved. John does make an allowance for those who are able to embody the reassurance of God's love. He does write in verse 21, uh, Dear friends, uh, if our hearts do not condemn us, We have confidence before God and receive from them anything we ask. Uh, D. Moody Smith, a professor from Duke, has a perceptive comment on that idea of John's. He writes, uh, if we have no such problem of guilt or doubt, then that is good, he writes, and as it should be. There is then certainly no need to arouse such feelings of guilt and vulnerability, quite the contrary. However, historically and in our own practical experience, it is not the careless Christian, but more often the carefully conscientious one who is plagued with a sense of guilt and inadequacy, which is why John is trying to reassure us that we are loved regardless of how we feel. I think most all of us have our Lewis Lit moments in our relationship with God. Those moments when in our hearts, we're uncertain. We doubt God's love for us. We don't feel worthy Sometimes we even know that we are not in a a strictly legal sense. In the program suits, they do a great job of giving background for Lewis's insecurity. He was an awkward kid. He got bullied. He was excluded. He was made fun of. And sadly, some churches and some preachers Have done that to some of us. They intentionally made us feel unworthy. Through John's words, God tells us that is a lie. Our assurance of God's love doesn't rely on what anyone else says about us, or even what our hearts sometimes feel. As John reminds us, whenever our hearts condemn us, we need to remember the truth, to speak the truth to our hearts. What we tell ourselves impacts how we feel. So we need to tell ourselves the truth. We know that God is greater than our hearts and knows everything, which means that God's love and understanding reign. No matter what anyone says or what we sometimes feel, we hear from God through John that God wants us to rest assured that we are always loved. Thanks be to God.